0: Lord God, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people. Lord God, I lift up your name right now, God, because you are worthy to be praised, God. And I just want to thank you, Lord God, for everything that's going to be done and said on today. Lord God, speak through me to your people and open up our hearts, Lord, that we can receive your word and do the things that you've called us to do in this day and time, Lord God. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you, Lord God. I give your name all praise, glory, and honor. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Hallelujah. Amen. For some of you that don't know, um, I grew up in a Baptist church. (laughs) So, um, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, I am not Tom Raven, if you didn't know. Even though we look somewhat similar. (laughs) My name is Wendy Conley. And um, again, I grew up in a free will Baptist church in Bundleville, North Carolina. Many of you may not even have heard of Bundleville, North Carolina. But um, we've been here, I guess, probably between six, eight months, I'm not really sure. It seems like we've always been here now. <laughs> you guys are like family to us, and we just, we've loved being here and love interacting with everybody. Even though I may not know your name personally, um, and I'm trying, I'm learning, I had to tell someone today that I can't even call my children's name. I have five children, and I can't even get their names right, so forgive me if I don't get yours right. Um, But again, I am um, a little bit about myself. Um, I am the mother of five children. Um, We have nine grandchildren. I am the oldest of nine children. Um, It's seven girls and two boys, Um, and I'm the mother hen. I'm a PK kid. And for some of you who don't know, PK kid is a preacher's kid. And in fact, I'm a double PK kid. <laughs> if you know the, the rumor about PK kids, it, it's not very good. And I think that I'm the one who who probably made that, that rumor true. Um, my mom and my grandmother are preachers in the church that I grew up in, McLean Chapel Church. And when I say I grew up in the church I mean I grew up in the church I was there every Sunday every Wednesday every Saturday (laughs) every meeting they had every everything Sunday service twice each Sunday we stayed in church we lived in church and I remember sitting there um, thinking one day that while we were sitting there that um, there's got to be more to this church thing besides this And I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Um, I remember sitting there thinking, what are we as the church supposed to be doing? I know, you know, we come to church on Sundays and we get our strength and we get teaching, we grow, we learn, we love, and I know that's a very important part of the Christian faith. But I remember sitting there thinking, God, there's got to be more than this that we're going on, that we're doing now. And if you've ever felt that way, I realize now that that was God touching my heart for community engagement and perhaps that's what God is doing in your life too if you felt that way. And if you have and if you're interested in community engagement, I invite you to fill out the um, connection card, let us know that that's your interest or grab me and pull me to the side, let me know that that's your interest. So I'm tasked today to speaking on how we should relate to our community. And even though we're not a brand new church, we are a brand new church plant in this area. And right now, momentum is on our side. You know how whenever you throw a rock into a a body of water, you see that ripple effect that goes out? That's us right now. We're those ripples right now here in this Jamestown community. We need to catch the momentum of those ripples. So what should we be doing? How should we relate to our community the community that God has called us to. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> We're going to go in scripture to 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And it says, And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence, because we live like Jesus here in this world. In one translation that I read, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. And I want to make that a little bit more personal for us today. I'm going to read it like this. And as Windover Hills live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because Windover Hills live like Jesus here in this world. So if we are to live like Jesus here in this world, instead of asking how we should be relating to our community, let's find out how Jesus related to the community. That's going to show us how we should be relating to the community. One of the things that I absolutely love about Jesus is that when he's around, when he's in the area, nothing remains the same. People are changed, lives are changed. Situations are changed. He has a way of turning things around and shedding his light of love on the situation. Do you remember the incident of the woman caught in the the very act of adultery? By law, she could have and should have been stoned to death. Her accusers wanted her dead, but Jesus was in the area. Not only was her life spared, but her accusers learned a lesson that day. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but Jesus forgives us and loves us in spite of ourselves. Does anybody else have that testimony? I know I have. I know I've done some things. I remember I'm the PK kid, (laughs) and I've done some things that I'm not proud of, but I can stand here and tell you today that Jesus loves me and he's forgiven me in spite of myself. It reminds me of that song, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Do you have that testimony today? Has God turned anything in your life around? Aren't you glad that he didn't leave you in the same way that he found you? I'm glad he didn't leave me the way I was. Some of you probably would not like me today. And how about the the time he healed the official's son and his entire family was saved. His entire household was saved because they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't leave people the way he found them. Because of Jesus' interaction with his, his community, souls were saved and people were healed and delivered. And families were reconciled to each other. So what did Jesus do and what should we be doing? Well, let me first say that it isn't the miracles that he performed that changed people's lives. If that were so, the Israelites would have never strayed after seeing the the seas parted. I know I wouldn't. That would be a miracle that would set me on the right path for the rest of my life. I wouldn't have to see anything else. But it's not the miracles that Jesus performed that changes our lives. The thing that changes our lives is because Jesus... When he relates to us, he relates to us by meeting our needs. And that's one of the things that we as a church need to be doing in this community. So I'm gonna share with you today three things that Jesus did relating to the community. Number one, Jesus met emotional needs. Second Timothy three and one says, you should know this Wendover Hills, and I'm making it personal again, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Does that sound like what we're going through today? Is anybody going through difficult times? You can turn on the TV, turn on the news. You see that it's all around us. There's difficult times everywhere. Can we all agree that there's difficult times going around? There's racial tension. It seems like it's at an all-time high. There's tension between classes. There's tensions between political parties. And everything is just escalating. People are an emotional wreck, des- de- desperately seeking something to comfort them and we have the answer. It's all in Jesus. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So even in the midst of everything that we're, that we're going through, in the midst of the school shootings, in the midst of the political tension and the racial tension, everything that's going on, Jesus says to keep your minds on him and he'll keep you in perfect peace. Now, it doesn't mean that we ignore what's going on. It doesn't mean that we try to pretend like what's going on isn't really going on. It just means that we know that God is in control, and he's going to take care of us if we just keep our minds stayed on him. I like the response from the Shunammite woman when her son had died. And that's, I don't know about you, but death is one of the most emotional things that you can go through. The Shunammite woman was on her way to see Elisha, And she could have been just a a trembling mess. But whenever the servant asked her, how are you doing, she said, all is well. It is well. That lets us know that even in the midst of everything that's going on, we can say that it's well. It doesn't matter what the doctors say or what the the report you've got says. We can say today that it is well. It doesn't matter what's going on TV, what you see on the news. God is still in control, and it is well in our souls. Psalm 23 and 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He meets our emotional needs. Anybody need him to meet any emotional needs today? Amen. Jesus met, number two, Jesus met their physical needs. James 2 and 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see your faith by itself isn't enough, unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Do you remember when Jesus fed the multitude of People with two fish and five loaves of bread. Before he fed them, he had already spoken to them about kingdom um, principles and, and kingdom living. And he had already healed the people who needed healing. So why did he feed them then after you know he had already given them spiritual food? Because isn't that the end game? We want souls saved and we want people healed. Isn't that what we're striving for? So why did he feed them after? Um, He had already given them what they needed spiritually. Does anybody know why? They were hungry. (laughs) They were hungry. Jesus cares about our physical needs. What good is it for us to see somebody in a physical need and say, oh, I'll pray for you. Well, that doesn't fill me up. I'm still hungry. What does it, you know, for us to see somebody cold and say, oh, the Lord loves you. I'm still cold. Jesus cares about our physical needs just as much as he cares about our spiritual needs. I'm going to show you just how much he cares about our physical needs. We're going to go to Matthew 25, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's it's very long. Um, But in Matthew 25, starting at verse 34, Then the king will say to these on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. So the righteous asked the Lord, when did we do these things? He responded, when you did it to the least of these, you were doing it to me. But when he addressed the others that didn't do these things, he said, oh, it's okay. I know your heart. You meant to do well, right? Is that what he said? (laughs) No, that's not what he said. He said, depart from me. Jesus cares about our physical needs. And if we are to be who Jesus is in this world, we need to care about the physical needs of the people in this community. That's one of the things that God is also calling us to do, meet physical needs. Third, Jesus met their spiritual needs. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We're God's witnesses. I've heard people say that we are his hands and feet. How are people to hear about the goodness of God if we don't tell them? And we are, we are the, the witnesses for this area. There shouldn't be a person within the reach of this ripple that we're sending out into this community who don't know about Jesus. We are his witnesses. We know about the goodness of God. We know how he can change our lives and turn us around. It's our job and it's our opportunity to spread the gospel in this community. Jesus related to this community by meeting their spiritual needs. Do you know what a witness is? A witness testifies to what they know. Does anybody know that God is good? Does anybody know that he will deliver you and set you free? Does anybody know that he'll save you from your sins? I don't know about y'all, but I was headed one way track. I was, and I was going happily. It wasn't a miserable world of sin for me. I was going full speed ahead. But Jesus turned my life around, and that's the message that we need to be giving out to this community. There's so many people here, So many people around us who are dying spiritually, and they need the word from God. There's so many things going on now. There's so many spiritual attacks going on now. People need the word of God. They need hope. We seem like we're living in a world that's hopeless and and that has, has no idea that God wants to save them, that God wants to deliver them from what's going on. Psalms 96 and 3 says, publish his good deeds among the nations. Tell everybody about the amazing things He's, he does. We've got to share the good news of the gospel in this community. God cares about our spiritual needs. He meets our spiritual needs. There shouldn't be one person in this area who doesn't know how good God is. So what do I want you to take away from this sermon? First of all, I want us to pray for this community. We need to pray earnestly. We may not be able to see right away what the needs are, but as we pray, God will bring them to us. God will open our eyes and show us what we need to be doing. So pray earnestly for this community. We need to pray for the leaders, for the government, government officials, for law enforcement, especially for our schools and for our churches. And We need to look for opportunities to serve and love this community. There are things that we can do right now to serve and love this community. And if you feel like you've been led to to be a part of that, please reach out. Please let us know that that's something that you're interested in. If you believe that God is calling you to engage this community, we need to act now. The ripple effect is, the momentum of the ripple effect is is right now that we've been newly planted here. Just look for opportunities to serve God and to love this community. When Pastor Tom said that I had 30 minutes, and I've never been a 30 minute preacher. So I guess we're going to be out eating lunch pretty early today. And I just want to thank my family for coming in. And I'm going to put them on the spot right now. Can you guys stand up and say hi? (laughs) Can we pray? Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity once again to come before your people, Lord God. We thank you for being planted in this community. Lord God, we know that you have great things in store for this community. We know you have great things in store for this church. Lord God we ask that you would open up opportunities for us to love for us to serve this community for us to do the things that you've called us to do Lord God we want to see lives saved people set free families reconciled to each other we want to see our kids safe Lord God we want you to protect law enforcement Lord God we just act that you would hedge this community with your protection Lord God because of us Lord God through us Lord God we want this community changed Lord God we want to be a impact on this community like never before, Lord God. We thank you. We speak healing. We speak peace. We speak Lord God, love, we speak reconciliation over this community right now, Lord God. And as we go, Lord God, and as we do the things that you've called us to do, we ask that we go in your power, in your glory, Lord God, in your demonstration of power, Lord God. We thank you for the testimonies that are gonna come of how you set people free, of how you delivered people, Lord God, through Wendover Hills Church, Lord God. We just wanna thank you right now for the great things that you're gonna do in this place. Lord God, we give your name praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Wendy. A little loud, okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up by taking up our, our tithes and offerings.